I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Star Trek Generations was a unique film in a number of ways, serving as both a final encore for the original series and an epilogue for the next generation. These two chapters were tied together in an almost literal way by an equally literal ribbon, an anomaly that was never again seen or discussed, but that nonetheless had an enormous impact on the lives and deaths of captains and crew members from three distinct iterations of the Enterprise. It was described by Data as being a conflux of temporal energy which travels through this galaxy every 39.1 years, and described by Guinan as being a doorway to another place, what we call the Nexus. When James Kirk visited this other place, he found the opportunity to relive and remake moments from his life. When Jean-Luc Picard found himself there, he was given visions of a loving family and a lineage that would go on. Taken individually, these details are little more than trivia. But examined as pieces of a puzzle, they tell us so much more. I'm Max Patrick Schlinger, and together we'll be taking a look at the true nature of the Nexus. Stardate 97155.5 saw the launch of the Enterprise B, which was immediately redirected from its maiden voyage, being sent on a rescue mission. 47 Elorian refugees were transported away from a vessel that was in the process of being destroyed by the very energy ribbon that would later become the focus of so much attention. It was during these moments that James Kirk was allegedly killed, but as later events would reveal, he was actually alive and well within the Nexus, having seemingly spent mere seconds there before Jean-Luc Picard's own arrival, some 78 years later. Prior to his own in-person encounter with the Ribbon, Picard had come into contact with one Dr. Tolian Soren. This Elorian scientist was one of the people rescued by the Enterprise B, a man who was seemingly obsessed with returning to the Nexus. So firm was his fixation that he went to rather extreme lengths in its pursuit, developing an unthinkably powerful weapon and destroying two entire star systems in the process of accomplishing his goal. Upon discovering Soren's intentions, and the means by which they were being realized, Picard asked a remarkably pertinent question. Why would he try to change its path? Why doesn't he just fly into it with a ship? In response to this inquiry, Data stated that any craft which had approached the Ribbon had either been destroyed or severely damaged. This explanation was sufficient for Picard, but in truth it shouldn't have been. By that point, he had already spoken with Guinan, another Elorian refugee from the same vessel as Soren, who had alluded to having spent time in the Nexus. Furthermore, Soren's motivations were rooted entirely in his own familiarity with the place in question, indicating that one could enter it with the aid of a ship. 
After all, at least two people had done so and returned to tell the tale, having been pulled away, ripped away in Guinan's words, by a transporter beam. Once again, that turn of phrase, ripped away, was incredibly important, and the good captain missed it. Before we go on, let's clarify something. There have been countless debates about how transporters actually function, with some people maintaining that an individual somehow remains alive and conscious while in transit, and others explaining why the system actually kills its passengers and replaces them with exact, unaware duplicates. In either case, the end result, at least where the Nexus is concerned, is exactly the same. The entity who arrives is left feeling like they were torn from a place where they would have preferred to stay, and that sensation never subsides. To quote Guinan once again, it's a place that I've tried very, very hard to forget. I would have done anything, anything, to get back there. These sentiments were offered by someone who had every appearance of being Picard's intellectual superior. One could easily make the argument that she was Kirk's intellectual superior as well. And yet both men were willing and able to leave the Nexus with no ill effects whatsoever. Even after being presented with precisely what they had each seemed to want, Kirk being given his not-so-lonely retirement and Picard being offered his progeny, they each needed only a handful of minutes before deciding to find the exit. The difference is that Kirk and Picard chose to leave, whereas Guinan and Soren were forced to. Some speculators have offered the insidious suggestion that Picard never truly left the Nexus, but if we put that idea aside, several aspects of the Energy Ribbon's true nature start to become evident. First and foremost, we know that people within it have virtually limitless control over where and when they re-enter the standard space-time continuum. According to Nexus Guinan, a so-called Echo left behind when her real self was forcibly removed, if you leave, you can go anywhere, anytime. We also know that time passes at a different rate there, that its internal reality can be altered at the whims of its denizens, and that entering is far easier than Soren's actions would suggest. Based on what we've seen, it should have been completely possible for someone to approach the Nexus, enter it, and subsequently deposit themselves at any place or point in history. But neither Soren nor Guinan ever attempted such a straightforward strategy. This is because it wasn't a piece of paradise that haunted the two Elorians. It was a safety feature. The Energy Ribbon was not simply a doorway to another place, but rather a remarkably advanced transportation system. Its passage through the galaxy served both to pick up passengers and to refresh its contact with our reality, much like a scan for viable landing zones, allowing it to deposit travelers wherever and whenever they desired. Upon entering the Nexus, one would need only to declare a destination then ready themselves for arrival. But there was a catch. While any point in history could be chosen as a target location, it would nonetheless take time to reach that point, as dictated by the ribbon's relative spatial distance to a drop-off. Since the ribbon made a galactic pass every 39 years, the equivalent of roughly warp factor 14, we can assume that its physical range was impressive, but still limited. In simplest terms, one would need to be in the right place before they could exit. That may seem a bit confusing, so here's an example. Suppose you were a resident of the 24th century, and you wanted to witness Zephram Cochran's historic flight of the Phoenix firsthand. You would approach the ribbon in your time, enter the Nexus, and then wait for it to be within range of the Earth. At that point, you would be able to leave, arriving in 2063. The ribbon would no longer be physically present, but it would be temporally present, albeit only as an exit. This seemingly insignificant detail will be important later. But for the moment, here's what matters. The Nexus was not the purpose of the Ribbon. It was the equivalent of both a restraint and an in-flight movie, 
intended to keep travelers from exiting prematurely. The altered passage of time within it could have given Soren and Guinan the impression that they had spent lifetimes there. But in the real world, they were transported away mere seconds into the initial boarding process, when the Ribbon's internal systems were still trying to determine their intended destinations. The end result was a mental echo of Guinan, and presumably of Soren, being left behind, and a compelling urge in the interrupted travelers to return and complete their journeys. Guinan knew this, but she recognized the danger in revealing that knowledge to the world. Soren also knew this, and he saw it as a means to an end. The Borg attacked the Elorian system in 2293, killing Dr. Soren's wife and children. He was rescued by the Lakul, which met its ill-fated end in the gravimetric distortions generated by the Ribbon. It was at this point that the scientist had his first encounter with the Nexus, realized its true potential, and decided to use it to his advantage. But disaster struck when the Enterprise-B transported him away. What followed was 78 years of study, planning, and preparation, all with one goal in mind. He would recover his family, defeat the Borg, and save the lives of every Elorian in the process. Simply entering the Nexus would not be enough, though. Soren knew that he would need a weapon to use against the invaders, and also a method of safely ferrying survivors to a new location. Fortunately, the Ribbon presented an opportunity there as well. By altering its physical path in the present, he could change its temporal location in the past and in doing so, bring the force of an entire supernova to bear against the Borg. This would also result in the destruction of the Elorian system, but since everyone would have been rescued by an earlier iteration of the Ribbon, brought to Soren's home planet via similar tactics as the ones he employed in 2371, the loss would have been an acceptable one. Furthermore, the resulting paradox would ensure that the only deaths were those experienced by the Borg, and that the scientists' actions in the 24th century would be undone. Unfortunately, one meddling starship captain had to ruin everything. When a person enters the Nexus, it pulls surface-level desires from their mind as part of its restraining and entertaining mechanic. Kirk, for example, was given images of a rustic lifestyle with a woman he loved, having recently thought about his solitary retirement. Dr. Soren took advantage of this by discussing death, knowing as he did, possibly as a result of having interrogated a certain chief engineer, that Picard had recently suffered a tragic loss. Had the scientist succeeded, the captain might have gone back to rescue his departed brother from the fire that had taken his life, thus allowing Soren's plan to continue. Instead, Picard recruited the help of another denizen, who had not yet decided on a destination, then returned to a moment only minutes prior to his entry to the Nexus. Since that relative travel time was considerably shorter than the proposed length of Soren's, the captain arrived before Soren could thus undermining the scientist's intended paradox with one of his own. In the end, the Borg destroyed the Elorian system, James Kirk was killed, and Robert Picard stayed deceased. All because one scientist couldn't be bothered to adequately explain the true nature of the Nexus, or the real reasons behind his ultra-violence. Anyway, that's enough out of me for now. I've been- Oh, wait a minute! Okay. If the ribbon passes through the galaxy every 39 point whatever it was years, that means it's going to cross Discovery's location pretty soon. If they can find a way of entering the Nexus, they... Oh, but that would... And then... You know what? Different place, different time. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.